Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. I'm Brad Brown. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. And thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team back again tomorrow at 6. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll have the latest news from Equatorial Guinea ahead of this evening's first semi-final in the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. We'll also take a look at uh, the Proteus send-off that took place at Melrose Arch. Today we'll hear from Proteus coach Russell Domingo as well as uh, Sports Minister Kylian Bulula in just a moment and then we'll be chatting to David Miller. I caught up with him a little bit earlier on this afternoon because the Proteas are jetting off as we speak on the plane on the way to Australia and we start with that uh, cricket news. The Proteas were given a rousing send-off today ahead of the ICC Cricket World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Scores of cricket fans and well-wishers gathered at Melrose Arch in Johannesburg to bid Captain A.B. de Villiers and his team all the best for the upcoming World Showpiece. De Villiers knows there's a lot riding on their performance in Australia. Yes, we're feeling pressure and there's no hiding from that. Um, we've never won a World Cup and that's definitely something that's counting against us. People calling us chokers. There's no hiding from that. Um, we just got to stick together, drive each other as a team and make sure we, we win those big pressure situations and, and big pressure games. The Proteas get their campaign underway against neighbours Zimbabwe on the 15th of this month. Coach Russell Domingo says they're taking the opener very seriously. There's absolutely no thought of um, complacency or easy games. Zimbabwe will need a lot of respect to play Zimbabwe up front. I really feel that mentally this team's in as good a space as they've ever been. They've won games in high-pressure situations, under different conditions, at different venues. All the blocks are in place to, to overcome those mental challenges that we are going to face. Minister of Sport and Recreation Fakile Mbalula also sent his well wishes to the team. For millions of our people, guys, go and do us proud. And uh, you've got all the capabilities. Fight for your pride, fight for your nation and make this great nation proud. We know that in you, we've got warriors who can fight, go and represent, and fight for South Africa. It was good news for Australia. According to coach Darren Lehman, Michael Clark is ahead of schedule in his recovery from hamstring surgery and will captain Australia at that World Cup. Clark will take a major step forward tomorrow when he plays for Cricket Australia 11 against Bangladesh in a one-day warm-up match that will take place in Brisbane. There is a momentum one-day cup match taking place right now. The Knights up against the Warriors in Kimberley. The Knights won the toss there and chose to bat. And a short while ago, they were 256 for four in the 48. Over. We are down to the final four in the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. Tonight sees the first of the semi-finals take place. Ivory Coast up against the Democratic Republic of Congo. We'll chat to Moali in just a moment to preview that action. On to news out of the PSL. Even though his move to Supersports United came as a bit of a surprise, Kaiser Chiefs coach Stuart Baxter is not dwelling on the departure of regular striker Kingston and Carter in a much-publicized move and counter jump ship to Matsatansa during the January transfer window period. Baxter says the Glamour boys will get over in Carter's move. The, the, loss of, the loss of Kingston was a little bit unexpected, but I always work on the assumption that if one of the players has a cruciate ligament injury and he's out for one full season, then we could do without him. That's how we, we managed to do without Itu, and we managed to do without Bernard, and we managed to do without Shabba. So it's the same sort of thing there. You know, Kingston goes, and that's a part of life. And then uh, we've got to make sure that we can, that we can uh, pick up the slack and that someone else steps into the breach. 
FIFA have reprimanded Senegal forward uh, Daphra Sako and his club West Ham for failing to report to the Africa Cup of Nations last month. FIFA disciplinary committee also fined West Ham United 100,000 Swiss francs. The Senegalese Football Association complained to FIFA that West Ham said that Sako had uh, been prevented from playing and travelling by plane due to injury. But on the 25th of January, Sako played in an FA Cup match against Bristol City and scored the winning goal. Two days later, Senegal were eliminated from the Cup of Nations. Les Ferdinand has taken up the role of Director of Football at Queen's Park Rangers following Harry Redknapp's sudden resignation as manager. The 67-year-old Redknapp cited impending knee replacement surgery as the reason for unexpectedly relinquishing control of the team yesterday. In Formula One news, Force India's car is unlikely to be ready for the third and final session of the Formula One preseason testing in Barcelona, which will take place in three weeks. The team initially planned to drive in this week's first test in Jerez, albeit in last year's car, but made a late call to skip it. They would also not be at the second round of tests, which take place between the 19th and 22nd of February, and instead they hope to be ready for the final session from February the 26th to March the 1st. In rugby new South African-born scrum half, Rory Cockett will start for the first time for France against Scotland in their Six Nations opener on Saturday. Cockett was given the starting nod over Morgan Parra. Meanwhile, South African-born fullback Scott Spedding was picked in place of Bryce Doolan, who is injured. On to some golf news. Lee Westwood and Graham McDowell head up this week, uh, this weekend's European Tour event, the Maybank Malaysian Open, which takes place in Kuala Lumpur. Both play on the back of good performances in Dubai, with Westwood defending the title he won handsomely last year. Nick Dye previews the action. The former world number one won by seven strokes, recording a wire-to-wire success. He's at a loss to explain why, but he always seems to play well in Asia, with 14 of his career titles coming in this part of the world, including Thailand at the end of last year. While frustrated with last Sunday, he's pleased with his start to this campaign in Dubai, and McDowell is of the same frame of mind. He plays this event for the first time since 2008, but relished the return after enjoying the Eurasia Cup last season. The two captains of that event are further big draws. Tongchai Jaidi, twice a winner of the Malaysian Open, and Miguel Angel Jimenez, fresh from winning on the Champions Tour in the United States. World number one Rory McIlroy was spared a protracted legal battle ahead of the Masters in April after he settled a multi-million pound case with his former management company today, just a day after proceedings open at Dublin's High Court. McIlroy has been suing Connor Ridge's Horizon Sports Management Company, who in turn countersued the Northern Irishman over terms of an agreement he struck with the firm back in 2011. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat uh, semi-finals at the AFCON with Mo Ali. SAFM Sports Wrap. Only four teams left. It all started uh, three weeks ago in Equatorial Guinea, and it's down to this. Moali, uh, all, all eyes will be uh, on Equatorial Guinea this evening. The first of the two semi finals, the Democratic Republic of Congo up against the Ivory Coast. in Abidjan in the qualifiers and uh, to be honest not many too many people gave them a chance of uh, getting this far in the tournament and uh, yeah they are uh, their first semi-final since 1998 when they lost to Bafana Bafana in that semi-final in Ouagadougou and uh, the Ivory Coast similarly I mean you know people were looking at them and, and uh, not really trumpeting them uh, like they did in the past when the likes of Didier Drogba and uh, Didier Zakora were still in the side. Uh, many, you know, for the past four or five tournaments, they went into the tournament as favourites and 
certainly the pressure started to tell on them and they've quietly gone about their business and, and the big thing for the Ivorians is that their top players have hit their straps at the right time. Uh, Wilfred Borny was virtually anonymous uh, through the tournament and he came to light in that uh, quarter-final game against Algeria, scored two very good goals indeed. Max Gradel has, has been a revelation at this tournament. Yaya Toure also came to the party and uh, of course Javinho back from suspension in that last game. So uh, they really are looking very good, are the Ivorians as well. But uh, the DRC actually have a good record against uh, the Ivorians. And uh, the last time they met at the Nations Cup in, in Mali, uh, they won their group game to qualify for the uh, quarterfinals. So I don't think the DRC will be fearing uh, the Ivorians. And actually their coach, uh, Florian Mbenga, has uh, said that they're actually ahead of schedule. Uh, they, they were looking at the uh, 2017 Nations Cup to uh, launch an assault on that title. And uh, here they are on the cusp of a semi-final place. Mo, is that uh, just semantics, uh, sort of mind games, or, or is that really true that, that that's what they're targeting? Uh, I mean, nobody goes to one of these tournaments just to make up the numbers. Uh, every team goes there because they want to win it. No, absolutely. But, uh, you know, you have the long-term targets like, like Bafana Bafana did as well. You know, the, big, the, the bigger picture is uh, the uh, qualifying for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups, and uh, they, they've done well, and uh, they've... Uh, uh, DRC football has actually done well of late. I mean, if you look at Tipi Mazembe, they won the Champions League in 2009 and uh, 2010. And uh, this year, Club Vita, or la at the end of last year, Club Vita reached the final of uh, the Champions League before losing to Anton Satif. And I've always believed that, that the DRC have some very good footballers. It's just a pity about the political situation and the instability in that country. Uh, and if you look around Belgium in particular, there's a lot of Congolese players, uh, you know, who are doing very well indeed. And if you look at Yannick Bolasi, you know, he, he's a very, very good player and he's, he's one of the star players at uh, Crystal Palace. And uh, they really have done well, have the DRC. Um, but the Ivory Coast are always going to be a, a problem because uh, they've got star quality and, and they've got a coach who's won the Nations Cup so he knows what it is all about to win the Nations Cup in Overland who of course did the business with uh, Zambia in 2012 so I, I foresee a fascinating clash between these two francophone countries It's going to be a, a huge, huge encounter Kickoff in that one is 9pm South African time and we'll have live crossings here on SAFM this evening so make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader Thank you very much for that Mo enjoy the game this evening and we'll chat again tomorrow ahead of the second semi-final coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap we'll hear from the Proteas camp as they jet off to Australia what if there were ideas that worked to help limit the spread of TB simply by changing the way hospital wards are designed or help learners with maths problems wherever they are through mobile chat or revolutionize the use of lasers by changing the beam of a laser digitally what if these technologies already exist and are making a difference to South Africans every day? Find out more about ideas that heal, educate and innovate at csirideasthatwork.co.za. CSIR. Our future through science. What does a fashion show have in common with wall and floor tiles? iTile, of course, a new boutique concept store and the best way to shop for the world's most beautiful tiles. Step into this world of home couture at a brand new iTile store opening this Saturday at Montana Commercial Park, Conakeliandra and Tyfontein Roads, Montana, Pretoria and celebrate the launch with special offers and free delivery. Let your home show fashionable flair in iTile style. 
Here comes Kiakongo into the penalty area. Shot coming in! And a beautiful equalizer! More 2015 Afghan heartbreaks and jubilations are expected to continue as the 4th of February sees a semi-final clash between the crafty elephants of Ivory Coast and the hard-working leopards of DR Congo. Live from Estadio de Bata at 9pm. Watch the action live on SABC One and on your favorite radio station. Brought to you by SABC Sport. SABC, official broadcaster of Africa Cup of Nations 2015. I'll see you again. I'm Ashraf Gaza and I host the media at SAFM show. Sundays 9 to 11 a.m. It's your two-hour free on-air consultation in brand communication. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, that send-off for the Proteas took place at Melrose Arch in Johannesburg today. And as we speak, the Proteas are en route to Australia ahead of the 2015 ICC Cricket World Cup. I caught up with David Miller while he was on the team bus on the way to the airport this afternoon. This is what he had to say. SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM Sports Wrap and today was a big day for the Proteas, uh, the big send-off at Melrose Arch a little bit earlier on and uh, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with one of the Proteas who will be representing South Africa at the upcoming World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. David Miller, David, welcome back on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for, for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be back on you. David, big excitement today, obviously, at Melrose Arch. Uh, big send-off. It's probably really sunk in now. Obviously, the preparation's uh, taken some time, but but uh, it's all happening now. Yeah, definitely. It is definitely sinking now. We obviously had a lot of games uh, this last month uh, that we had to get through. But, um, you know, now that it's done and we're actually on our way to the to and New Zealand, it's, uh, it's really, really sunk in and it's, uh, it's a great feeling. Talk, talk to me about that send-off today at Melrose Arch. Uh, it's just nice to have the team together. Like you say, you've been together for the last couple of months playing quite a bit, but it's a, a totally different sort of environment. Uh, a lot of dignitaries there today uh, wishing you well. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about the vibe in the squad. How are the guys feeling off- after that today? Yeah, very sort of motivated and uh, obviously a great privilege to be a part of that because, you know, just uh, really just to remind us how, how many people are actually behind us and we know that there was obviously... A, so many more people out in the country that weren't there at the Melrose Arch, but that are supporting us. So just a, just a, a recap and just reminding all of us actually, you know, what we what we play for and what we what we uh, we're very privileged to be in the situation. So it was just a really good environment, uh, good vibe out there, and there was yeah, it was it was a great uh, great day out. I think for every cricketer, it doesn't matter where you're from, what country you're from, but uh, let's talk South Africans. I think every little boy who, who plays cricket in this country dreams of one day representing his country at, at a World Cup. You, you grew up dreaming the exact same thing. How, how does it feel for you personally now, knowing that, that it's happening? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's not much that you can really say, to be honest. It's just an, an unbelievable feeling. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, like you said, it was a dream that, uh, that from a young age. And uh, it's just something that uh, is very special, and, and something that I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate and, 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 and feel very, um, very um, fortunate in that situation. David, for you personally, the, the West Indies series uh, has been uh, qu- quite a, quite a good one. You, you've managed to get some runs under your belt uh, from the T20s and the and the the, the one day series. You, you must be feeling pretty confident going into this World Cup, knowing what your role is within that squad. Yeah, I am. Um, it was really nice. Uh, obviously, last couple couple of games for me, and you know, I'm really just enjoying the the role of whatever whatever I'm doing, whatever situation I come in. I just want to try and do the best for the team. Um, so it was really good. Uh, nice to obviously be 10 for one as well, moving into the World Cup. 
just with regards to to the, the sort of pressure that you guys are under there, there's no two ways about it the pro is heading to the world cup you rank third in the world there's there is a lot of pressure on your shoulders how, how are you coping with that yeah i don't think there's a lot of uh, I, don't, I don't know we've really played unbelievably well the last year and a half i think we've been really consistent and our goal is to be in the top three moving into the world cup and i think that's what we've done so you know we, we really feeling confident and and just you know since the processes have really worked over the last year and a half as a team, I think we just need to continue that in the World Cup and, and see what we can't do, you know, as well as uh, winning it. Looking at uh, who's who's going to be the toughest opposition, who who you you guys expecting the the hardest sort of fight from? I think, uh, like Ivan says, you know, there's, uh, it's going to be a hard game every game. It's not an easy game in the World Cup, but you know, the, as Australia are doing so well at the moment, and it's the the hometown there, so you know, it's just. Um, I think they're going to be probably the, the favourites. Um, yeah. And then just talking about the, the other batters around you, I mean, you look at someone like like your captain, A.B. de Villiers, the, the form that he's in going to this World Cup, it must fill you guys with, with lots of confidence knowing that uh, you, 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 you can score the runs, but you've got a guy like that uh, who, who can come in and, and just take a, a, an attack apart. Mm, definitely. There's a lot of the guys around him, a lot of confidence when he plays like that. And he's in unbelievable form, and he's you know he's shown throughout his career that he's number one in the world. So it's really nice to have someone like that on our team and not on playing against. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely draw a lot of confidence from from the form he's in. As far as the the travel and, and that sort of thing goes, uh, Australia's a long way to to go to. Uh, what's the plan from now to the to 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 the opening game for the Proteas on the fifteenth against Zimbabwe? Yeah, I think it's just a lot of preparation now. We're just going to settle in. It takes a couple of days to, to calm us out. So we're just going to take it easy as we get there and just slowly get into our preparations. I and mean, then leading up uh, close to the game, we're already... David, as far as, uh, as, far as being based in Australia... It's somewhere where we've played quite a bit. You, you guys comfortable going back there? There's obviously a lot of South African support, a lot of a lot of expats that live there. It's nice to play in a, in a place that you, you you're familiar with. Definitely, I think it helped a lot. You know that we went over there a couple of months before the World Cup. Uh, a lot of us haven't hadn't been there before, and uh, so it was just a great. The places and the people and everything. So I think the guys, uh, you know, took a lot of learning from the last tour, and um, unfortunately we lost against them. But you know, I think we learned a lot of things as well um, in different situations in the games, but as well as off the field. You know, just being familiar with everything around us and it makes us a lot more comfortable. You know, in the World Cup. Tell, tell me also, there's a big campaign, the, the pure Protea sort of, uh, and Protea fire that, that's uh, sort of been spoken about a lot uh, around and within the camp. What, what, is, what does Protea fire mean to, to David Miller? I think it's just the resilience that, you know, that we, we are fighters and we, we stand for a lot of different, um, different things, you know, a lot of cultures, a lot of races, but, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, it's about one common goal and that's just... Uh, you know, the game that we're playing at the moment is cricket and that's that's our goal, you know. So we've got a lot of different people, a lot of backgrounds and everything that makes up the pro tiers. Um, and it's just being resilient in that, you know, like just being part in, in what we what we stand for and what we've gone through as a, as a nation. And then just to wrap things up, the, the fans that were at Melrose Arts today and, and possibly the ones that weren't there but are backing you, what would you like to say to them before you head off to Australia? Yeah, just... 
we have shown that they have shown in so many years, uh, particularly the last sort of year, it's been phenomenal so kind of uh, backing and support that we get from you guys. And just to long may that continue during the World Cup, and uh, we we will certainly um, not uh, not in the games. David Miller from all of us here at SAFM and, and I'm sure the entire country uh, agrees with me. All the best, safe travels and we look forward to, to seeing you represent South Africa to the best of your ability and, and who knows, bringing back a World Cup, it'll be amazing. Can't wait to chat to you again. Definitely, thanks very much. I uh, appreciate it. David Miller chatting to me a little bit earlier on this afternoon from the team bus on the way to the airport. And just apologies for the quality of that line. But uh, moving vehicle, lots of guys in the bus. Uh, fantastic chat nonetheless. So we'll hear from Proteus coach Russell Domingo next. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, as I mentioned, the Proteas did fly out this afternoon to take part in one of the world's biggest tournaments, the ICC Cricket World Cup, and it's a tournament they've never won before. Melrose Arch in Johannesburg was buzzing with public outs in numbers to bid farewell, and good luck to A.B. de Villiers and his men. Proteas coach Russell Domingo says he's pleased with their preparations at home ahead of the tournament. Make no bones about it. I'm, I'd much rather be at home than spending two months in Australia prior to the World Cup, which has it's worked out great for us that we had six weeks there and then came back home. I think um, the home comforts are very important, particularly at a long event like this is going to be. So I'm sure it will be very challenging for a side like uh, India being there for so long and then another two months with the World Cup. I'm pretty happy with the time we spent at home and, and, and competing on our home shores, um, finalising a few things in our structure of play and, and now getting away with a, with a fresh attitude and a fresh mindset. Domingo says having a starting 11 now for their opening game against Zimbabwe would be foolish as they believe that playing a team will also be dictated by conditions. Domingo says uh, there's still a lot of time to make those final decisions ahead of the opener. Regarding the starting 11 for the first game against Zimbabwe will very much depend on conditions. We're fortunate we've been to Hamilton a few months ago so we've gained quite a bit of insight as to conditions there. But there's still quite a lot of time. There's still two warm-up games. There's a good few practice sessions. To sit on the final 11 now would probably be foolish. You've probably got an idea as to what it's going to be, but uh, settle on it um, and be blinking about it. Um, won't serve our cause at all. Domingo says there'll be no room for complacency at the World Cup. The former Warriors coach highlighted that countries like Pakistan, India and the West Indies have lifted the trophy before and they know how to go about winning the event. Domingo also stressed that they won't, uh, there won't be any easy games in the tournament, including their opener against our neighbour Zimbabwe. There's no sailing when it comes to World Cup games. It's a one-off occasion. All three of those countries that you did mention, West Indies, Pakistan, India... They've all won a World Cup. They know what it takes to win World Cup games and what it takes to win World Cup tournaments. We haven't done that yet, so there is absolutely no thought of um, complacency or easy games. Zimbabwe will need a lot of respect. We play Zimbabwe up front. They turned over Australia a few months ago, so if you're not on top of your game against any of those sides, you can uh, come unstuck. So no thoughts there whatsoever. With reports surfacing that former Australian stalwart Michael Hussey could join the Proteas as a batting consultant for the duration of the tournament in Australia, the future looks pretty good for the Proteas. Domingo didn't dwell on the prospects of the deal materialising, but he says they have a keen interest on him mentoring the middle order at the event. Regarding Mike Hussey, um, we, we have had some discussions with him about the possibility of him joining us on a consultancy basis throughout the campaign. We've got a few dates penciled in. We will 
hopefully join us. It is a very low-key affair. Um, he's going to be very much in the background. I think really important for him to connect with some of our middle-order batters. He's a, a middle-order player of immense experience. He's a World Cup winner. He knows conditions really well in Australia. And, and I'm really excited by the, the possibility of him joining us over the next couple of weeks. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we chatted to Mawali at the start of this evening's show about tonight's semi-final in the Africa Cup of Nations and tomorrow's semi-final sees hosts Equatorial Guinea face Ghana in the second semi at the Estadio da Malabo. Their head coach, Esteban Becker, still facing questions around their controversial win over Tunisia in the quarterfinals on the weekend. The Central African country was awarded a controversial penalty deep into injury time. They managed to equalize and then beat Tunisia 2-1 with a well-taken free kick in the extra time by their star star player Javier Balboa. Becker is uh, laughing at allegations, saying that his team has been favoured in this competition through dubious match officiating. How do you feel about comments that were being favoured? When you have 90 minutes in a 7,000 square metre pitch, it must have a difference between a strong and a weak team. In this case, the weak is being stronger than the strong team. I would like to say that there's no external help these boys have been fighting like lions, and that's why they win, and that's why they don't lose. Meanwhile, last night, the Confederations of African Football announced that the Mauritian referee who officiated that controversial last eight match last Saturday has been sent home and suspended for six months. Tunisia has also been fined $50,000 and threatened with a ban unless it apologizes for accusing CAF of bias. Becker says the North Africans were that good against them. Why didn't they win by a bigger margin? I believe that it's a logic thing that a team like Tunisia is said. They have lost a football match against a weaker team. Tunisia is a top team, and Equatorial Guinea is not. So they want to justify their loss with issues out of football. If Tunisia was a very good team, they should have beaten us 4-0. They have drawn one all. They had another 30 minutes to score one, two, or three goals. They didn't score because they couldn't, because Equatorial Guinea was better in the pitch. It's the first time in history of the game that Equatorial Guinea's reached the AFCON semi-finals. This is only their second appearance in the AFCON finals, having made their debut back in 2012. In both editions, they came in as hosts, and they are meeting a Ghanaian team that will be playing its fifth consecutive AFCON semi-final and chasing its fifth African title, and their first in 33 years. Becky, who hails from Argentina, says the story of David versus Goliath is alive in this tournament. Hay dos cuestiones. Eh, we were not in when the AFCON started. Morocco was in. We were invited. We were invited to the party, and now we're making surprises. In less than a month, we have prepared a young but ambitious team. Everybody thought that we would be out in January, holding a bag with 10 points on it. But we're alive, and at the semifinals. It's a surprise to all those who didn't believe, those who never bet on Equatorial Guinea. But for all those humble, small teams, it should be a pleasure to know that David beats Goliath. Becker, whose original job was coaching Equatorial Guinea's women's national team, only came in to lead this side on the eve of the tournament when former coach Donny Gioki's contract wasn't renewed at the end of last month. Becker has already led the national women's team to African Women's Championship title in 2012 when they beat Banyana Banyana in the final on home soil. He now believes that history could still be made with this men's side as well. Each game was a story in itself. 
Now comes the Ghana story. We only think in a victory. Our only thought is a win. We want to continue to make history. We are happy, but we want more. Expect uh, the convincing 2-0 win over Gabon. Not much can be said about Equatorial Guinea in this tournament. They've also benefited from sloppy performances by their opponents, particularly Burkina Faso, Congo and Tunisia. Not helping the host credibility is the questionable utilisation of several players from outside countries where very minimal connections to this country. As questions were piling up in the press conference, Becker lost his cool. We should not be talking about something that does not add anything to football. If a guy married a woman, if David Beckham wears clean or dirty underpants, let's talk about football. And football is 11 players against 11 in a pitch. Enough with questions that are not related to football. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, that's ahead of tomorrow night's semi-final. The first one happens tonight at 9 p.m. Make sure you tune into SAFM Sports. Uh, SAFM this evening, rather. Moali will have uh, live action for you from 9 p.m. tonight. In some cricket action, uh, the live Momentum One Day Cup match is taking place. The Knights up against uh, the Warriors in Kimberley. The Knights batting first have posted 287 for 7 in their 50 overs. So, the Warriors needing 288 for victory. You can get that result tomorrow morning on AM Live. I'm Brad Brown. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Coming up next it is the Talk Shop. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday evening. Until then, it's cheers.